Welcome to The Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Welcome to this episode of The Determined Mom Show. Today, I have Dr. Sarah Allen, who is the Executive Director of Neuropsychology at the Brain Behavior Bridge. So welcome, Dr. Allen. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk about this because we as moms and as business owners have so many things on our plate and the idea of kind of combining those two things and kind of shifting how our brains work is just kind of mind blowing to me. So I'm really excited that you're here to talk about this today. But first, I would like you to give our audience a little bit of a background about you. Sure, sure. So as you said, I'm a pediatric neuropsychologist by trade, but you said it lovely, but people don't know how to say that word. So I usually (laughs) say I'm a brain gal because it just makes it easier than people know what I do. Um, And so I study brain behavior relationships and I was doing that for over 15 plus years looking at the brain science Um, and long story short over the pandemic realized that I wanted to contribute back to the world in some way. And a lot of my schoolwork had shut down. Um, and I started thinking about parenting, thinking about my life and the things that I had been through and what I wanted for my children, what I do for my clients, who I do a lot of parent coaching with and really what my methods were and why we do things the way we do. And so I ended up writing a book called raising brains, where we talk a lot about how to raise these happy, successful, connected kids. Uh, I have two kids myself, nine and 11, a boy and a girl. And so, you know, it's just really fun to come full circle and be able to offer some parent coaching options for my clients. I started a course and things like that to just make sure that everybody had some ability to become more skilled and successful at our other jobs. Cause like you said, you know, we're working moms. And so when you have your job, you've gotten all this training and you feel comfortable and confident in what you're doing. But as moms, they just hand the kid to you and tell you to go home. That is the scariest part. (laughs) Yeah. There, I just, there were books on how to diaper and how to sleep and how to eat. What happens when they start talking back to you or, you know, when you're not the center of their universe anymore, you know, five, six, seven, they start to have all these other influences. And so I really wanted to find a way of, of giving parents the knowledge that they've been asking for. So they can feel as comfortable and confident at home as they do at work. Mm, I love it. And we all need those resources because we don't get handed anything. And even those books that you're talking about, like who in the world has time to read those books when we have so much going on, like how to change a diaper. Like I just need to like do it and like experiment and like figure that out. You know, it's so, so. funny you say that. Cause I found that too, you know, you can get a master's doctorate in behavior sciences. You have to go through training. You have to have an internship, all these things. As you said, who has time for that? So actually it's funny because I wrote the book and then I thought, you know, people don't have time to, you know, hopefully it's accessible and people can read it and skim through it and enjoy it. But I really wanted to create another option for, if you're like me, where you're running so quickly, you maybe have 20 minutes from dropping a kid off here or there, but you just want to get some of that information. And so that's where the course came about because I just thought, oh my gosh, I want to give you the benefit of my backgrounds in the research and the literature and the science, my experience as a mom and my experience professionally helping other moms in 20 minutes so that you can actually really grab all of that information and take it and run with it. 
because, you know, we need it efficiently and we need it to be effective, right? Yes. Those are two key things for me anyway, when I'm looking at material. Yeah, exactly. And I agree with you 100% courses, audio, video, all of those things are extremely accessible for us moms. So audible and all of those things are like critical to my learning cycle. But yeah, I love it. My my favorite moms are the ones who go walking and maybe with a glass of wine or two, and they're listening to the modules as they're walking with their favorite mom friends. So that's, that's really what I do. And, you know, people were just saying to me, like something's wrong with my kid or something Mm -hmm. must be wrong with me or my kids are in control of my household. I walk on eggshells and not only that, but then it am it's impacting my relationship with my kids, but then with my spouse or with my partner or with my friends, and they just felt so helpless and out of control, you know? And I think that from my perspective, when you see your kid as a little brain, when you start to think of them as raising brains and you're able to get some of that background in and feel comfortable and confident what you're doing, it's not easy. It's not going to be easy by any stretch, but you get these kind and respectful kids. You're on a family team. You feel back in control of your own universe again as a mom. And, you know, we know that that's so important. Yeah. I love it. I am so excited. So let's talk about how can we run our household? Like we run our business. So I'm very excited about this. So think about it when you have your business, right? You have goals, you have objectives, you have things that you want to meet, but we never really translate that into the home environment. So, you know, one of the major concepts behind uh, raising brains is to start to think about what skills do my kids need to build and, and how do I put them on kind of a, a chart or a graph so that I can understand where we're going. And this is important for a couple of reasons. One, because kids really are little brains. If you ask me, I like to think of all little kids, as little brains, and we really have to start looking at them and thinking about what does this little brain need to learn? And what can I teach this little brain? And when you take that perspective, it does a couple of things. And I'll tell you about in a second, but once we're, we're looking at those things, we're trying to find skills and where our kids need to grow. So where are they now and where they need to grow? but we should be doing this as parents too, right? As people too. Mm -hmm. So I love this growth mindset approach and I like to make glow and grow charts. So where are you glowing and where do you need to grow? Mm. And you know, the concept behind this is this is a, this is a household model. You do this at work, right? You figure out what your goals are and how you're going to meet there and kind of get the strategic plan together. This is what we can do at home. Now it depends on what type of mom you are. Cause this can work for lots of different moms. You might have this whole, if you're anything like one of my best friends, Amy, you know, she would have a cricketed beautiful, uh, glow and grow chart with everything looking fabulous. It's scrapbooked in some way. That's like my nightmare. Uh, mm-hmm. I can possibly imagine that. Mm-hmm. So other people just kind of write it, sketch it out and just think about it for me. A lot of that is in my head. So a lot of that is, is my perspective on, okay. And I talk about it with the kids, where are we glowing? Where do we need to grow? What are you working on? What can mom work on, you know, and shifting up the household dynamic to be one of growth and a growth mindset. Mm. So that's the first thing that I, I always recommend to make your household run a little bit more like your work environment. Cause it also gives you a, a point, you know, what you're working on when something happens with your kid, your focus is on, Hey, they're working on controlling their emotions right now. So, you know, if they're yelling and screaming, but they're doing it quietly in their room, that's a win for me right now. It may not be a win down the road, even yeah. if they're screaming things like I hate you and those kinds of things, 
that might be okay for a kid who's working on emotional control, as long as they don't hit, they don't kick, they don't throw something. But as once that's mastered, now we say, okay, look, you're doing really well there. Now we want you to grow a little bit more. And we want you to now start to keep some of those things in your head or keep your body a little bit more to yourself or just walk away a little sooner. And we start to build those skills. We're actually teaching our kids things based on these very clear goals. Yeah. And the whole family has them. Mm. My kids do it with me. My, one of mine is to be a little healthier and eat healthier foods and exercise. And so my son just said this to me the other day, you know, Hey mom, um, do you want to work out before we go to my game? You know, maybe I could help by emptying some of the dishwasher and you can, you can work out and then we can go. And oh, I said, that's oh my so gosh, cool. That's so wonderful. Was right? that and the nine-year-old like or the 11 year old? I'm so <laughs> curious. Nine-year-olds. It's wow. the nine-year-old. Yeah. Um, yeah. My daughter would probably roll her eyes at me and, mm-hmm. you know, huff away or something mm-hmm. like that. Or I'm sure I did something wrong. She's like a preteen already, but you know, and I think that that's even with her, it's a very, it's, she's a great example too. You know, the expectation for her is a little different than for my son, because she's got all these hormones happening and all this stuff going on. And really what we're trying to do with her is just get her to say kind words. Um, when the those, those feelings happen in her and try to identify a little bit what she might be feeling because these hormones with kids, they make them so crazy and so wacky that even just trying to figure out why they feel some way, you know, is difficult. And so that she's on a different level, different plane than, than my son. And by the way, that's okay. You have different expectations for your employees. You know, you have different expectations for your kids. I think moms feel like I have to have the same one. Everything has to be fair and exact. And that's just Mm -hmm. not true. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. You pointed that out because my kids are always like all about the fair, especially my nine-year-old. I have an 11, nine and Mm four-year-old and they're all girls, but my nine-year-old would totally be the one to do that as well, which is hilarious um, Mm -hmm. that you say that. And exactly what you were just saying. Like she is like, so about the fairness, like everything has to be equal. Everything has to be fair. If I cuddle with one for five minutes, I have to cuddle with the other one for exactly five minutes and not one minute more, because if I don't, then it's not the same. (laughs) So, right. And that's a great, like grow thing Mm -hmm. for her. Right. So to teach and to also recognize that kids are not perfect. And we like to label kids, you know, that's a bad kid. They're, they're misbehaved. You know, all she cares about is this, but that's not true. Fairness. That's a, that's a thing she's working on right now. Right. And right. trying to figure out where the gray area is in fairness. And when you actually think from her perspective, it's pretty gray mm-hmm. and, you know, it doesn't actually make sense. It does to us sort of now, but it really is a, an odd concept. It and is. so, you know, that's a great one too. Yes. You know, sometimes you're going to do equal, exactly equal. And sometimes you might decide to pick your battle and make a little bit of a teachable moment and explain why you're not going to do that and how she has strengths and her sister has strengths and she's older and gets to do this and you're a little younger. So you do that. And that's kind of starts to create that. And you're actually laying brain pathways. When you do that, you're actually helping your kids' brains grow from that. So Mm -hmm. it's not just like you're saying no, and she's upset and that's a bad thing. And you're a bad mom, Yeah, you know, when they're upset, that's kind of okay sometimes because that conflict breeds this change in them and this growth in them. Mm -hmm. And we see this in the workplace, right? I just had this happen to me the other day. I felt so awful about the way something was going on in my business. And I was, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't want to do this. I was so, so bad. But through that, the growth that I had to be able to say, wait a minute, what's happening? Why? And I think I want to go in this direction. And I'm going to have this very specific approach 
I grew from that, that conflict bred that change. So even when it's happening with me, I try to remember that these are growth moments and we have to remember that with our kids too, that we, it's okay to make them upset sometimes if that is going, if that is a point of growth. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's such a valuable point there. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it's about, you know, when it comes to making your, you know, your home, like your work, these goals are really important. Remembering that conflict breeds that change is really important that you can upset your kids. You know, it's okay that if you punish them, or if you need to take something away from them and they're upset about that, or maybe the juggle of the day just makes it so they can't do every single little thing they wanted to do that day. Yeah. That's okay. Because now that we have these goals, we can say, you know what, we're working on understanding that you're part of a family unit and a team Mm -hmm. and that we have to balance everybody's needs and and wants in this team. So I think that those are effective. And then I told you, I would tell you a bit about thinking of your kid, like a little brain. And I, what happens with that is kind of that work. So, uh, at work, you're much more emotionally controlled, right? Your buttons aren't hit as much. You can manage that. But with our kids, I always say that our kids we're passionate about our kids, but they are passionate about pushing our buttons and Mm -hmm. they just have this, they have this ability that nobody else does. And so when we're looking at mimicking the environments, what we really need to do is watch that emotional reaction. And I talk about the brain a lot, so you'll have to bear with me, but there's a part of our brain called the amygdala. I call her Amy G because she's so emotional. So in uh-huh. our Amy G, our big, she's like my preteen right now, you know, happy one second, miserable the next, all up and down, can get aggressive, can get all these, can be lovey-dovey, all these things, right? So yeah. it's going haywire. And by the way, not just our brains, but our kids' brains. And then you have the frontal lobe and the frontal lobe is mostly about control and organized and planful and all of that. And her name is Franny. And I picture Franny like a secretary in a school who can really, you know, she's the one who's in charge of everything, kind of knows what's going on and where all the pieces are in place. You know, if the principal's not there, it's okay. But if the secretary's not there, nobody knows where anything is or what to do. Right. Yeah. So that's and that Franny. secretary also knows all of the ins and outs of all the other people, right? Exactly. <laughs> she knows everybody's business. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. and is managing all of that. Right. Yeah. So when Franny and Amy G are working together, it can be tough because Amy G's freaking out. Franny's trying to calm her, but Franny can't then also logically and reasonably respond to everything, get this thoughtful planned approach on what you want to do. Right. And this is where yelling comes from. We just start mm-hmm. screaming. And so what happens when you start to look at your kid, like a little brain, instead of like this kid that's out to get you <laughs> is that when you see these behaviors, you no longer take them personally. You no longer think about them being directed at you, but instead you're thinking, what does this little brain need to learn? And what can I teach this little brain? And you become a brain detective. And when you become a brain detective, it's much more like your work life where you start to say, okay, she just walked in the house and started screaming. What's happening there? Yeah. Uh, Here, you know, it interrupted my meeting. So I'm upset about that, but wait a minute. She just walked in the house. So what happened at school today? Yeah. Is my first question. I start asking questions instead of making statements or yelling. And that changes your whole dynamic in the household. You become much more in control. You can answer the question that most parents ask me, what should I do? What should I do? Right. That's the mm-hmm. thing you want to know. You kind you know, the answers to that. And the only way to know the answer to that is very individualized approach to your own child. That's why things don't work. Right. That's why people read these books or they try to put their child in therapy And it doesn't work when, especially when you have a unique kid, I have a unique kiddo myself. My son is a very spirited, passionate little kid Mm -hmm. and the sticker chart doesn't work for him. (laughs) And those, you know, all the things you're supposed to do, they don't work 
in the same way, you have to kind of tweak that. And the way you do that is by learning how to approach your kids in a little bit of a different way that helps you to kind of mimic that work environment. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. This is so amazing. So when are, if we are like technically like in charge of our home, right. Mm -hmm. What happens when our employees, like, I wouldn't say conspire together, but like when they talk and they're like, oh yeah, you know what? Mom isn't doing this. Like what, what can we do to manage that (laughs) from a a management perspective? I don't know if I told you this at any point, but I, uh, I remember my second child. So my my, Carter, I've Carter and Juliana. Mm -hmm. And when Carter was getting ready to talk, I was petrified and I don't know why I work with kids forever, but I truly had this like deep ingrained fear that I was going to have two talking children. And I had no idea what to do with myself. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of for this reason, because I'm like, no, there's two of them and I don't know what to do. You're um, outnumbered. So very- <laughs> yes, exactly. So it's a very logical and reasonable question to ask. And I really think this goes back to the way you set up your household. Right. So the idea is to now you're saying, okay, so these little things have ganged up against me and that doesn't feel good to me. And how would they like it if somebody did that to them? And so you have a couple different approaches is one to just talk about that fact, like, Hey, how would you feel if mom said those things to you? Would that be a kind thing to do? Right. And Mm -hmm. it's funny because I think, especially as you are newer parents, and I'd still, I still catch myself uh, feeling this way. You forget that you have to teach these skills. You think that you, they should know these things a bit and that you must respond in a certain way and kind of hide it from them. If you respond the right way, then you're that good mom. But sometimes it's really about saying, wait a minute, this isn't a nice thing. And it doesn't make me feel good. Does it make yeah. you feel good? And why just having that conversation for some reason, we hold back as parents, I think sometimes and say, yeah. well, should I reward it? Should I punish it? You know, what do, do I do a sticker chart? You know, what do I do about yeah. this when really good old fashioned communication can work really, really well when yeah. you couple that with those global and grow charts and your whole household is working on things. Then when they're ganging up on you, the question is, is this a place I need to grow? Are you guys telling me in a kind way that I need to grow? Mm-hmm. Or is this you guys not being very kind? And we, you know, we need to work on that from the other side, you know, so it's okay to give feedback and it's okay to be supportive, but it's not okay to be mean and to gang up on someone, you know, mm-hmm. that doesn't feel good. Yeah. And you'll be surprised at that reaction that kids will, will give you at that point, because all of a sudden you're, again, you're communicating, you're modeling, you know, what do you do when somebody doesn't like something that's happening or doesn't feel good. And that really helps their brains grow and form these good connections to be better the next day. Mm, I love it. Awesome. Tell us a little bit more about those glow and grow charts. You've mentioned them <laughs> yeah. several times, but they sound super interesting. And it sounds like something that I need as well. So it's not just for the kids, right? Oh, absolutely not. I think that's the whole point is it's about everybody in the household, right? And this isn't also just about mom, you know, it should be, if you have a nuclear family, it should be mom, dad. If Mm -hmm. you have like, you know, I'm in a divorce household. So there's lots of different adults around. It should be as many people as will jump on board. We have kind of extended family, you know, a good, good, strong friend group. Well, you want everybody involved in this because the people you spend the most time with are the people that should support you in your growth and in you becoming better people. And that's the mindset we want people to have in general. So this is definitely for everyone and it shifts things up to make it okay to, I'm going to put this in quotes, like into, to quote fail, because failure is just this opportunity for learning and for growth. We don't want kids to think, 
I didn't do this. Therefore I'm bad at it. Or I didn't do this. Therefore I'm not good. You know, I actually just did a live in my, uh, my Facebook group, my the other day that talks about the a couple things. First, the millions of hats that we wear as moms, right? How we have to do it, but also the million hats that our kids try on. And so our kids are going to try on some things, you know, is it cool to wear dark clothes? Like we, right. We have our own versions of this as parents, you know, our goth kinds of things. And then yeah. now they have a whole other type of it for our kids ages. Right. Yeah. But you know, you try on these things and some of them stick and some of them don't. And so the glow and grow charts are really designed to help you get that idea of growth. So it should be everybody. These are charts. These are not new charts. They're just used in slightly different ways. So you can actually Google a glow and grow chart and get some ideas. I wouldn't put more than two or three things under each side. And I think that's a big key. I'm sure there's lots of things that your kids can work on and that you can work on, but you really just want two or three things. And then once you've met those goals, then you want to put two or three more on. So just think of the, the top things that you really want your kids to do a little bit better. And also don't forget to think of the things that you're doing well and that they're doing well. Cause I think those are also really important to highlight. And in those things, when you're talking about the glows, it's really essential for your kids that you talk about who you want them to be because kids become who you tell them that they are. Mm -hmm. So if you, for example, say, well, you're lying to me, you're a liar, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to yeah. become that. If you say to them, Hey, we're working on telling the truth here. It's on this one side. And it's just not like you because you're such a kind person. And, you know, we really value your opinion and we want you to be an honest person. I think that you are an honest person. So being honest, this behavior doesn't fall in line with this thing. Yeah. Right. And people may not believe you again. And we know that it's really important to you for people to really understand and believe you. And so that's a totally different message than you know, kind of labeling kids in those particular ways, because yeah. we've all lied before. Right. Yeah. And if somebody called this a liar and you started to absorb that, then you'd end up in that direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. We try really hard not to label anybody in our house. Like, it, like you can't say someone is annoying They're mm. being annoying, you know, yeah. or they're they're having annoying behavior. Like <laughs> there's a difference. <laughs> yeah. And you know, this is a great point too. You know, you're going to mess up right? You're going to mess up yourself. You know, I've called my kids annoying in the past, you mm -hmm. know, and they'll be like, no, I'm acting annoying. No, you're actually annoying. You know, yeah. you, you're all <laughs> going to say that that's okay. Yeah. But when your mindset in the household is one of growth, those little things that you say are much less important because mm -hmm. they, it's a feeling it's, a, it's a, a perspective in the entire house. Yeah. And so that's why some people can say certain things to their kids that other people aren't comfortable doing because they have this, this mindset in the house and the kids know, mm -hmm. you know, what, what is behind that statement. And I think that helps parents too, because you think you have to have the perfect statement and the perfect phrasing. And actually what you really just have to do is keep talking, keep communicating yeah. and stop worrying so much about what, what perfect is mm -hmm. and isn't. And even say, I don't know how to say this. I'm not sure what I'm trying to say, but you know, this feels this way when you walk in the house and you don't say hi to me. I understand you might have things going on in your head from the day, but it makes me feel like you don't appreciate me and that you don't love me and that you don't care about me. So mm -hmm. if you can just say hi to me, when you walk in, I will respect the fact that you have something going on in your head. Yeah. Right. And doesn't this sound like other relationships that we know? And yeah. so you're training your kids in emotional communication and in coping and in relationship communication. These are all wonderful skills to teach. And a lot of it is just trying and just talking, however you do that and working it out together.
Yeah. Oh my goodness. This is so amazing. You've given us so much amazing just ideas. And I mean, if anyone that's listening to this podcast applies this to their household, I think they're going to see an immediate shift. I'm also going to be applying it, which I'm excited about. Um, But what do you have coming up? I know you have a webinar coming up that is going to also help us to become, uh, I don't know, uh, grow into our parenting style or whatever. I don't know how you would say that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) I am going to do a webinar on October 26th about uh, the three myths of parenting. It's the things your mother never told you about parenting. Mm -hmm. And it's because, you know, we have these, we don't even realize this, but depending on how you grew up, you have these biases and these preconceived notions about what parenting is. And sometimes when you just break those down, you really can be really successful in helping to build your kids up. And each generation has a little bit of a different way of doing it. But when you look at the brain signs, there's some consistent themes across, and there are things that have been really effective and helpful for, for my parents. Um, so it's, it's one of the ways of giving back to a community who, who is feeling like they're walking on eggshells, like they don't know what to do. And you know, what I found too is parents, you know, everybody wants to help their kids. I always say, if you're asking, if you're a good mom, the answer to that is yes, because you wouldn't be asking if you weren't, because it's just constantly trying. But you know, I think the key things here are that sometimes we think that if we just put our kid in therapy, they'll get better. Like something's wrong with them. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we're going to fix it that way. And the truth is there is nothing wrong with your kid, you know, and also maybe you think you can't do it, but you can, because there's nothing wrong with you either. You know, yeah. it's just a matter of really putting in a little bit of time up front, getting that knowledge base down so that you can efficiently and effectively help your kid like you do in your work environment. Mm-hmm. And so this webinar is really designed to give back to that community, really help to explain that process. Cause you can do it. You're not broken. Your kid's not broken. Yeah. You just need a little bit of background. And when you put that time in up front, cause everyone says, Oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. But you think about the time you're walking on eggshells, you're tiptoeing around your kids. You're worried. Something's going to happen. You can't leave them because you know, your aunt can't handle them or your mom can't handle them. You know, all that can really get a lot better. And you have these smoother, happier days when you're able to see your kids like little brains. Yeah. So something that I do for my team in my business is if I ask them to do something like, for example, I have a specific accounting software that I want them to learn, or I have podcast software, or I have something that I want them to do, but there's something that they don't know, then I always provide those tools to them. Yeah. So I think this is kind of like, you know, along that line of like, oh my goodness, this is something that I can totally apply to my home. Like I need to be supplying those tools, you know, when I ask my kids to do those things. So I absolutely love that analogy. It's so perfect. And it's exactly what we've been talking about, about making your home life more like your work. And in this case, it's skills that you need as a mom, right. Mm -hmm. And that you might need for your, whoever else is helping you raise your children. And that little bit of investment up front goes a really, really long way. And those are long-term changes, sticker charts. These things can be short-term changes. They're little band-aids. And what happens sometimes as working moms, is we say like, okay, I was just talking to a mom the other day who getting calls coming from school, had to leave work, very worried about it. And, you know, she said, I'm going to just put my child in a, in this therapy and hope that he learns the skills and it'll work for a little while. But what I've seen over and over and over again with parents is they end up coming back because they've been, and they end up investing so much time and so much money, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars trying to get these band-aids 
but really what we have to do it. We are the moms. We know this at work too, right? We have to run the household. We have to do the work. We, we have to do all those things. We're used to doing it. And so what I think has really been stalling people and holding people back is there's just so many books. There's so many things. And then when you start to try them and those things aren't working, you know, I hear from parents, oh, I've tried all the things it's not working. Yeah. You know, that's, that's when I, that's why I did the course because now, now it's here. It's efficient and effective. You can get through it. We have the coaching calls that you can come on and ask your questions. And those are the things that I think, and by the way, you get this great mom community, which I think is also helpful. Yeah. And, you know, I always say to parents, there's other places to start. If you haven't read some of these wonderful books, you know, one, two, three magic has a great book, Tom mm-hmm. Phelan. He actually uh, does a little cameo in the course and there's, you know, how to talk. So kids can listen to conscious parenting, all of that. They're all wonderful, wonderful things. And if you haven't touched any of those yet, go, go check them out. They're, they're awesome. But if you've tried those things and they're not working and something feels amiss, stop killing yourself. Stop feeling guilty. Stop thinking it's you stop thinking it's your kid and, you know, jump on board. You can jump on board with us or any good mom group. That's going to really be supportive. That's awesome. I love that you brought up the community too, because there's nobody that understands moms like other moms. So I love that. Exactly. Especially when you're a working mom is, you know, other find other moms that are like you, whether you're a working mom, whether you're stay at home mom, whether you like certain things, you know, it's just like friendships, find those groups of people who really get you and can help you and support you. And even ones that I was just in a networking group today where there were some moms that are just giving birth and asking about maternity leave and stuff. And it was so great to watch the moms who had already been there, tell them and talk to them a little bit about you know, what kinds of things that they needed. So find those people. That's definitely great. You know, I've created a little one in the, my brain gal group. It's great to see moms come in there and the course has its own private one. Um, but there are tons of ways to connect in your local community too. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. So where is the best place for people to connect with you online? So, uh, you can go to mybraingal.com. It's a website link. That'll take you right to the Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group. And I post a lot of content in there and some lives and different things. And if you have questions or you have thoughts that you want me to talk about, you can always submit them that way. Um, or my website is brainbehaviorbridge.com. And there'll be links to the webinar registration, some freebies. There's, there's information about my book. You can buy from that. Um, site as well. And so those are the the key ways of, of getting to uh, in contact with me. And then of course you can always email me and that's just Dr. Allen, D-R-A-L-L-E-N at brainbehaviorbridge.com. I'm happy to talk to you any, any of those ways. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this amazing knowledge. And if you are looking to look at or watch the webinar, you can go ahead and check out that link in the show notes. Sounds great. Thanks. Yes. I hope to see you all there and bring your questions because we are doing a Q and a after too. So we'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Allen. It was very nice having you on. Oh, thanks for having me. Don't forget to join our Facebook group, Mastering Google My Business to increase your revenue. You can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash learn GMB and you will be able to network with other business owners and learn all about the latest and greatest updates to Google My Business. See you there.